Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm so excited again that you're here. And as a Christian who lives here in America, I'm often fascinated with Christian martyrs. It just fascinates me when I take a look at what they faced compared to what I face. And I, I was reading about Nero, who was the emperor of Rome. And in 67 AD, uh, he wasn't all there, by the way. He, he was literally crazy. Um, he decided to burn a part of Rome down. Can you imagine that? He's, it's his city. He decides to burn a part of it down. And then after it burnt down, everybody wants to know who did this. So he blames the Christians. So they rile all the, you know, get together all the Christians and... Uh, they say to the Christians, why did you do this? They say, we didn't do it. It wasn't us. And so Nero says, well, here's the deal. If you deny Christ, we'll let you live. But if you don't deny Christ, we're going to kill you. And I think, whoa. So these Christians decided, well, we're not going to deny Christ. So with a group of them, he, he, he sewed the skins of wild animals on them, sewed them on, and then he threw them into pits with hungry dogs. And these dogs assumed they were wild animals and just destroyed them painful death but he had other christians watching and then after they saw that he said will you deny jesus and they said no and he sewed it on them did the same thing he took another group of christians and uh he took their clothes and and he he dipped it in hot wax and then he brought it back up and allowed it to dry and then he would dip it back again the idea was he made the wax coating on the clothes really really thick and he had this beautiful garden that he liked to walk in. He loved to walk in it at night. So he had poles just put throughout the walkway. And he tied these Christians to the poles and put the wax clothing on them. Asked them if they denied Jesus. They said no. And he lit them on fire. And what, what a painful death that had to be. And how awful they continued to burn after they died because the wax acted like a candle. But then other Christians saw it, and then he looked at them and said, will you deny Christ? And they said, no. And when I read stories like that, I think, Lord, what would I do? That, that is an amazing thing to be able to see that, to be able to say, no, I won't deny Christ. And, and I like to think that I wouldn't deny him. And we're not going to talk about martyrs today, so uh, you don't have to worry about that. But what we're going to talk about today is a decision that these martyrs made. They made a decision that caused them to be able to say, no, I will not deny Christ. And you and I can make the same decision. We may not be faced with that same situation, but we can make the same decision. And if we ever were, I believe we'd do the same exact thing that they did. I believe we react the same exact way that they reacted. So if you're visiting today, I want to welcome you to Fan Friend Follower. And this is a two-week series. This is our final week. And I'm excited that you're here. This is what we call a vision series. And every church, every business has to have a vision. So here's our vision here at Believers Church. We exist to see a city connected with God. And we will literally do everything short of sinning to connect people with God. And in case you're not sure what it means to connect with God, it's really, really simple. The only way for a human being to connect with God the first time is through Jesus. When you accept him as your Savior, that's when you first connect with God. Now, once you connect with God through Jesus, then you have to keep just connecting in a deeper way. So our goal is to take Christians 
and just turn them into these passionate lovers and followers of Jesus. We exist to do that. Well, every vision has to have a mission statement. Your mission statement is the how-to. How are we going to do it? And it has to be simple. Like everyone in the business, everyone in, in the church, they, they have to be able to remember. We exist to see a city connect God. And they have to remember the mission statement. So here's our mission statement. Fan, friend, follower. How many of us can remember that? For, that's really easy to remember. And you understand the mission statement has details underneath it that you know, we share as, at different times. And like here at Believers, we, we have three top priorities and we put all our energy into the three top priorities that help us create fans, friends, and followers. You know what they are? The weekend service, connect groups, and volunteering. And that's why when you come here, you're going to see we put everything we can into this service. Why? We believe we can create fans here. We believe we can create friends here. We believe we can create followers at this weekend service. So we put a lot of effort into this, connect groups, and also volunteering. So that's underneath the mission statement. Now, if you weren't with us last weekend, I talked about what it means to be a fan, but also how you and I can create fans. Before you're a fan, you could be an atheist, an agnostic. You could be a religious Christian who hasn't met Jesus. You could be the worst sinner ever. It doesn't matter. You and I, we, we can cause people to become fans of God by just how we live our life. And then a church, we, we, we can have anybody walk in here and have them walk out saying, you know what? Like Karen Stamp did, right, in the story. That God's, God's pretty cool. I felt good about this place. This isn't as bad as I thought, you know? And so if you weren't with us last week, uh, it, it's all free on believers.cc, our website, or you can download a, a Believers app. Uh, you can download it on any, any smartphone, any pad. It doesn't matter who your carrier is. You can do that. So now, by the way, last week I, I used an example, and I talked about a restaurant called Paladar uh, Latin Kitchen. If you were here, you remember do you know three of our members went right after church? I made them so hungry. They went to that restaurant and texted me. And, and uh, it, was, it was the craziest thing. And they had a mirror, the waiter I talked about. So all that's in, in that lesson one too. Today we want to talk about friend and follower. Friend and follower. And about four weeks ago I talked about following Jesus in another series. I want to let, let you know we're going to come at this from a totally different angle. I just want you to know this is not a rerun, all right? And I want to spend some time on, on friend because friend is really really important and we want to talk about that first and here's what I want you to walk out today understanding better than when you walked in this is really important uh, this is a life changer if you can understand this friends love Jesus followers live for Jesus there's a huge difference and, and, and followers also love Jesus too they keep loving him but friends love Jesus followers live for Jesus and if you become a follower, I, I believe you do the same thing those martyrs did with Nero. I believe once you, once you become a follower, God will give you the grace to say, no, I'm not denying Christ. If you're just a friend, it's iffy. Uh, you might, you might not. You might not have enough, uh, enough knowledge of God in you to take the stand that you need to, need to take. But let's talk about this wonderful thing called a friend. And uh, I just want to show you how you become a friend, all right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, it reads like this. Anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends. And, you know, sometimes before you become friend, you go from enemy to fan. And a fan is just, yay, God, I don't know who you are, but I like you. Okay, and, it, and then it goes on and says, and, and gave us uh, the task of making 
others his friends. That's, that's what followers do. Verse 19, our message is that God was making all human beings his friends through Christ, and God did not keep an account of their sins, and he has given us the message which tells, which tells how he makes them his friends. So what's the message that lets people know here's how you become a friend? Because a friend is a born-again Christian. When you accept Christ, you become a friend. So all Christians are friends. What's the message Paul's talking about in the scripture? It's the most beautiful message in all the world. Man, mankind fell from grace. We were sin-stained, and God sent his son. His son literally went in a human body. Can you imagine that? He went into a human body, and he was born as a baby. He experienced every pain, every rejection, every temptation that we do. He lived uh, all the way his whole life facing all that, and then around 30 years of age, he was exposed as God the Son, and then he taught us. He showed us God's love, God's power, and then he said, they wanted to crown him king. He said, no, I came to die, and he died for our sins, and God raised him up. That's the message. You know, when you believe that, you become a born-again Christian, or you become a friend of God, and the majority of you in this room, you've already done that, and that's awesome, and might I say, if you've become a friend of God, what's not to love, right? I mean, how could you not love Jesus? I mean, look what he did for you. And so I want to make a statement that I am convinced is 100% true. Every Christian who's a friend of God, every Christian, and all Christians are friends, loves Jesus. We all love Jesus. How can you not love Jesus? He died for us. We get to go to heaven. We don't have to work our way there. He took our place. He took our punishment. Uh, God looks at us and sees Jesus. He treats us as if we're Jesus. He, we have his righteousness. We have his approval. You do not have to get God's approval, man. You don't have to work for affirmation. He loves you no matter what. If you never decide to follow him, he still loves you. That's an incredible message. How can you not love him? Wow, that's a gift. That's free. Thank you, Jesus. Friends love Jesus automatically. But there's positive things about being a friend of Jesus, and followers continue to be friends. And, and then there's a downside. So let's just look at the, the positive side. And I just want to compare our, our natural friends and just compare it uh, with Jesus. And, 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 and I see four things. First thing is friends interact. Uh, we hang out with our friends, right? It's fun to go have you know, dinner somewhere with our friends or uh, hang out at their house or give them a phone call. You interact, you, you hang out, you do things together with friends. And guess what? We interact with Jesus through worship and through the Bible as we read the Bible. And most of you know this, but Jesus and the Bible are, are one. You know, the Bible says of Jesus, he is the word. The word is the Bible. It's another word for the Bible. And so when you read your Bible, it's as if you're sitting in heaven speaking to Jesus. It's where God speaks to us. Now, if you're a new Christian, very important that I tell you this. Where you want to start is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. And then the book of Acts is fun. You get to see what happened with the early church, what God did. And then the epistles, Romans through Revelation. If, if you're a new Christian, you don't want to start by reading the book of Leviticus. It's not where you... Don't start there. That's part of the law of Moses. It has nothing to do with you. It was for... Uh, Jewish people under the law of Moses, and it's where God tells them what kind of clothes they can wear, what food they're allowed to eat. He tells judges, these are the sentences I want you to hand out if somebody does this, do that. And so for me, it's, it's interesting because I learn things as I read it. But if you're young, you're going to say, this didn't do a whole lot for me. You no, know, you want to read the other parts and grow. And, and here's the next thing uh, that, that friends do. Uh, friends enrich. Can you all agree if you read your Bible and you worship, you're enriched, right? You enrich each other. 
all, all of us, when we hang out with our friends, there's an enrichment that comes. They, they, they put something in us. You walk away and you always feel better. Well, that, that was fun. I'm so glad we, we hung out together. That, that was a good time. And I'm of the firm belief, guys, I, I believe this is Christ-like. I believe he wants all of us to do it. All of us should have a friend or two that drain our battery. And then all of us should have more than that, friends, that charge our batteries, right? Because uh, sometimes you need to be the one that's charging their batteries. So they may drain yours, but you're charging theirs. But you can't have all friends that drain your battery because it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt your walk and your life. But it's good to have one or two. So you're putting into them. But then isn't it awesome to hang out with friends that when you walk away, you feel good? And that's what happens every time we walk away from worship, every time we walk away from reading our Bibles. You just feel incredible. Well, here's the next thing. Uh, friends support, right? We support each other. If, if our friend's going through a hard time, we're there. We may exhort them. We may encourage them. Uh, we, we may have to go help them do something because we support. And the way God supports us is we pray. I love the Bible. Cast all your cares on him, man. Uh, and so he's like a good friend. You can go to him and say, Jesus, this was the worst day of my life. And you could just say, give me some strength. Give me some grace to get through it. And guess what? God will do it. Friends, support each other. So you can see how cool it is to have Jesus as, as a friend. What's not to love? And this last one I think is important. Uh, friends inspire. And, you know, sometimes a friend will inspire you to do something you never thought you could do, or he'll inspire you that this can be done or that can be done. So I was talking to uh, a bunch of pastor friends. We had this conference call, so they're all over the country. We're all in leadership in an organization called Significant Church. And so we had a, we had a conference call. And uh, one of the pastors, he pastors uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is almost the size of Cleveland, really big city compared to us. He has a church of 5,000. But he launched his first campus. So here he is, he launches his first campus. And uh, he went to a town of 15,000, nothing else around it, to launch his first campus. And uh, uh, so he had 100 volunteers in his church, 100 people volunteered to go with him and help launch the campus, whether they gave six months or a year, I'll, I'll go help you do it. The first Sunday, which was last week, they had 500 people in the first service. The only life-giving church, there was no life-giving church in that community. And, you know, hearing that story, I was inspired because we're going to launch a campus in Boardman. So you hear about what happened there, and it's like, yeah. And uh, it, it was the first person that gave their heart to the Lord last week had the same name as the pastor's wife. So he was elated. Like he felt it was a sign from God. Look, look, the first person that accepted Christ. And that inspired me. And all of us, when we talk to friends, we're inspired. But guess what? When we hang out with Jesus, he not only enriches us, he inspires us at times. And here's a scripture I thought would be good to just drop in. It's Romans 10, 17, and it reads like this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Translated. When you read your Bible, it produces a substance inside you called faith. That's the translation. Just, it produces faith. Faith is this substance that makes you feel like I can walk on water. Peter walked on water because of faith. He did that by faith. It's inspiring. And so all of us need inspired. And, you know, you could be going through the worst storm in your life, and if you read your Bible, it will inspire you to put your face out, your chest out, and say, I'm going to keep walking. I don't care how bad this is. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. God inspires us. He'll inspire you to do all kinds of things. Uh, he'll inspire you to take 
a chance and, and say, you know, this is a risky chance to start a business or to make this move or that move. But he inspired, God dealt with my heart. I spend time reading the Bible. I know I can do it. And you, you say, I'll walk on water. I'm just going to step out and do it. And God enables us to do these incredible things. He inspires us. But you know what else? I really believe in this service today and in our church, I really believe that there are future Bill Gates that are here. You may not think it, but I really believe there's some folks in here. God wants to make you the next Bill Gates. He wants to make you so wealthy so you can fund his kingdom. And you're here in this room. And others he just wants to take further than you ever thought he could take you. You know what else I believe? I believe the next Ben Carson could be right here in our church. Uh, the next brain surgeon that's the best brain surgeon ever in the world. I believe they could be right here in our church. And you hang out with God. He does, doesn't help you with spiritual things he inspires you to do things you thought you could never do but here here's the problem with just being a friend of jesus uh it's awesome it's really cool but i see three downsides here's one uh friends can be casual right you could just spend casual time with a friend and you think man they really enriched me i need i, I need to hang out with this friend again but then it's another year before you hang out with them and doesn't that happen with friends of God, people that accept Jesus, they're God's friends, but maybe they make church once a year, twice a year, or maybe they make it once a month or every other month, or they read their Bibles once in a while. And it's so easy if you're just a friend to be casual, just like it is with people. Here's the second thing that, that I notice: uh, Friends have their own lives. Our lives can be so busy that we want to get together with our friends, but the busyness of life stops us. And that same business can stop us from connecting with Jesus at a darker, a deeper level. So, so what we have to do with God, and that's what happens when we begin, begin to follow him. You know, you read scriptures about following him. The main thing that he says at, above everything is, you have to make me first in your life. So it's a hard issue. And that's the hard issue that I believe those martyrs made that decision and and they, they could say, no, I'm going to die for Jesus. So it's, it's all about saying, yeah, my life's busy, but I'm going to make a place for you, Jesus. And then this last one happens to all of us. It goes like this. Friends have other friends and family. I remember before I met Gina, I was in Bible school, I had tons of guy friends, and we hung out. We did all kinds of things. We did spiritual things together, natural things together. Just had a blast. Then I met Gina, and we start dating, and, and I stopped hanging out with these guy friends. A couple of them called me upset, saying, we never see you anymore, this isn't right. You know, I said, listen, Gina's way more pretty than you are. I'm, st I'm sticking with her, right? Doesn't that happen with family and friends? Uh, sometimes you have a really close friend, doesn't let you get closer to other friends, or sometimes with family, you're so close with family, you can, can't spend all the time you want with your friends. And then I remember when we got married, uh, we had all these couple friends, and we hung out. We did all kinds of things with our couple friends. And then we started having kids. And it's like they start having kids. And it's like, we still love you, but we don't have time for you. And, and I think that can happen with Jesus, right? Uh, we can get so involved in our family and our closest friends that we don't prioritize Jesus. That's the downside of just being a friend. But I know this. You show me a Christian anywhere in America even if they're not involved in their church, even if they don't read their Bible, I guarantee you, they love Jesus. Friends love Jesus. How can you not love him? He's incredible. But here's what a follower will do. They'll live for Jesus. It's real different. So I thought of a, a, a way to 
help you understand this more clearly. And I, I'm going to share a story with you. It's very personal. And, and, and every time I share it, I feel some shame. But I feel like it's so good, I have to share it, that it's going to help you understand. And what makes it a little tougher to share is it's connected to my five brothers. I have five brothers. And I asked their permission, so they gave me permission to share this. But it, it, I well up a little bit when I share it. But I think it's, it's going to be good. I think it will help you. Seem to help the other services. All five of my brothers are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And it brings great shame to my life. <laughs> Being that I'm a Cleveland Browns uh, fan, right? But listen, it's, it, this, is, this will help you. It's so fascinating. Four of my brothers are friends of the Steelers. My brother Jim, John, Pat, and Mike. They're just, they're just friends. So if, if the Steelers are playing on Sunday and they have time, they'll watch. If they don't have time, they don't even DVR it. They're not going to watch it later. They're just friends. If someone buys them a Pittsburgh Stiller shirt, they'll wear it. If no one buys it, they're not going to buy one. They're friends. But the brother that causes me the most shame, <laughs> my brother Tony, who lives in Australia, he's a follower of the Steelers. Why? Take a look at the difference, huge difference. Tony, because of technology, he can watch the games live on, on the Internet, so... If, if they're playing here and it's 3 a.m. in the morning there, he will get up at 3 a.m. in the morning. He doesn't care if it's Sunday. He will get up and he will watch them live. He will not miss them play a game. But it goes beyond that, guys. He knows the name of every Pittsburgh Steeler player. He knows the guys that don't play the third team. He knows all their names. He knows what college they graduated from. He knows what they run the 40 in the hundred in. He knows how much they can bench press, and he knows when they become free agents. He is a follower. Can you see the difference between a friend and a follower? Tony lives for the Stillers. My other brothers love the Stillers. They're, they're now, I'm a Browns fan, but I must say I'm only a friend, because if you f become a follower, they'll break, break your heart. So, <laughs> so, I'm just a friend. I want to be a follower someday. I so want to be a follower. But my, my heart's been broken too many times. I think that explains friend, follower. And Tony's wife, uh, Patsy, she's working on him, trying to help him not follow them so closely. Um, here's what a follower, here's the definition. A person who tirelessly attaches themselves to the teachings and beliefs of another, giving them their wholehearted loyalty and support while helping them spread their teachings to others. That's what a follower is. Now, it's really important. You don't follow a man. You don't follow Pastor Joe. You don't follow a church. You don't follow a denomination. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. And, and so I'm not asking you to follow me, this church. You follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, here's what he'll do. He'll, he'll lead you to a church. And he will connect you to a church because he created church and that's where you grow and that's where you, you, you make a mark in the world that you live in through a church. I want to read it one more time. A follower is a person who tirelessly attaches themselves to the teaching and beliefs of Jesus, giving him their wholehearted loyalty. So notice how it goes to him. And, and support while helping him spread his message or his teaching to others. That's a follower. So here at Believers... Man, our goal is fan, friend, 
so I get so excited every time new friends. First service today, uh, second, uh, Saturday night, all kinds of new friends were made with Jesus. People gave their hearts to Jesus. And then I love all the Christians in here. We have so many followers in here. I am so proud of all of our followers. And my goal is just to keep, I mean, I'm not ashamed to tell you, my goal is to make more and more followers because that's what the Bible teaches my, my job is. I'm a coach. Uh, I'm a shepherd. And I just want to make as many people followers uh, of God. And if I can do that, God will do the rest. He will take you right where you need to be. I want to just talk about two foundational things uh, with, with followers. And, and here's one. Followers will forsake anything. Sometimes God won't ask you to forsake anything. Sometimes he will. Listen to Luke 14, 33. Simply put, if you're not willing, see, it's all a heart issue. It's heart. Followers make a decision. I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve you. If you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciples or my followers. You know, God will keep asking us to give some things up as we walk with him. One of the things God has to deal with me a lot with, and I'm, now I'm going to really be transparent, so I hope you keep respecting me, all right? Most people, some people tell you I don't like watching TV. I love watching TV. I love it. I can watch the news three hours every night. I just love the news. And, and, and I can watch it over and over, different people, and I love it. I love it. I have a couple shows I love, and I, I watch them religiously. I love these shows. And so uh, every now and then I, I sway in my heart a little bit, and I'm, I find myself watching three hours of TV, you know, and then... Jesus will deal with me and say, Joe, that's too much. Give me an extra hour. And I'm like, God, I got up at 6 and hung out with you, and I studied all day, and I did this, and I did God all day. This is my downtime. And, and, and like he'll deal with me, Joe, that's fine. Just give me one more hour. And he'll do that. And then, and then I'll come back to the center, you know. And because I'm a human being, we just, we sway back, you know, and six months or so later, he, he has another talk with me, and then I have, am I willing to give that up? And, and it could be anything, guys. Here's what I found out. If you follow Jesus, there are times when he'll ask you to walk away from things, and it's the most amazing thing, because every time you do, it just fills your life with more inspiration, more enrichment. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Here's something else I learned about followers. Uh, followers will spread the message. We just spread the message, man. And, and that's what we do. We want to let other people know about Jesus. Here's one of my favorite scriptures, Matthew 4, 18 through 20. Walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. They were fishermen. They owned their own company. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions. I, I love this. They simply dropped their nets and followed him. They said, we want to help you spread the message, Jesus. Jesus wants all of us as we, we make a decision. Friends love Jesus. Followers live for him. He wants all of us to become people that spread his message. And I want you to understand something. I, I, I don't know. At best, 5% of you in this room have the ability to knock on a door of a stranger and tell them about Jesus. You have the personality to do it. And it's still tough for some people to have that personality. So that's not what God's asking you to do when I talk about spreading the message. Um, you know, my whole life, 
I could talk to a stranger and be, I'm comfortable talking to anybody. I can knock on doors. It just, that's my personality. And, and yet very few people can do those types of things. But here's what I believe God's asking. The first thing is always a hard issue. You know, Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And if you're here and you say, that's not the most important thing in my life, seeing people that don't know Christ come to Christ, I want to encourage you. I don't want to, I want to just encourage you. You're a friend, and that's cool. And you're approved of God. God doesn't look down at you. God loves you more than you can ever imagine. I just want to encourage you, become a follower and make that the most important thing in your life. I want to see people that don't know Jesus come to know him. The first thing we do, guys, when that's an issue in our heart that's big to us, we just start praying for people. We start saying, God, so-and-so doesn't know you. I want to see him know you. And then we look for open doors, and when we have an open door, we share or we invite him to church. Followers live for Jesus, and they want to spread that message. So I like to say it this way. God wants us to follow forward, right? And you know how Jesus talked about once you put your hands to the plow, he says, don't look back or don't stop, stay connected with me. And he's talking about an ox, you know, and pulling a plow. And what, what did that plow that that ox pulled and, and, and they held on to, what did it do? It prepared soil for seed, right? And, and God wants us to have a heart to where that's our heart, man. We, we want to live to share the message. So we're going to pray. We're going to look for opportunities to share. And I want to tell you one more way you, you can hold the plow. And we have tons of people here doing it. You can begin to become a volunteer at your church here at Believers. If you're watching on TV, you go to another church. It's the church you go to. Become a volunteer. Why? Because we're turning people into friends constantly. We're spreading the message. And when you volunteer, man, it helps us do what uh, God's called us to do as a church. And I realize all of you are in different places in your life, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really big on not making someone feel condemned when they're in church. I don't mind a little conviction because that's how the Holy Spirit deals with us, but condemnation, no. And I realize there's some of you, you're at an age where maybe you're taking care of sick parents, um, uh, aged parents, and, and every bit of your spare time is there, so you don't have a whole lot of time to volunteer. I understand it. Some of you are young mothers and young families with a bunch of kids, and, and so the way our, our, our people with young children, what they do is they volunteer in Kids for God where the kids are, and they only have to do it once, twice a month, and, and some of them volunteer. So they can't come in and go to Jefferson or do other things like that. So wherever you're at in life, you volunteer at that level. Single people and retired people, they have the most time, and, and, and they can put more time in than anybody. And we're so thankful for for those folks, but don't feel condemned. And some of you that are business people that work 60, 70 hours a week, um, you have no time. You have zero time to volunteer. And yet, I like what Romans 12 says. It says that God's created one gift in the body, which is a giver. And typically, people that have businesses, they can give more. And so that's their volunteering. That's how they support their church, by just simply giving more. And as all of us do our part, man, guys, guess what happens? We exist to see a city connected with God. And we're changing people from fan, friend, to follower. And guys, I'm so excited about where you guys are at, where we're going. I know today I connected some people deeper. I know today God spoke to some hearts to become followers, not just to love Jesus, to live for him. But can we take a moment? I want to take a moment right now, and then I want to pray. Can we thank God that our approval, God's love for us, 
God's affirmation for us comes by accepting Christ and we don't have to work for it. Can we just give God a shout? Can we thank him for that? That's absolutely incredible. It's incredible. That's the message of the cross. Hey, let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads, guys. Father, we thank you for that, that incredible message. And, and Lord, right now, I just thank you for all the Christians in here. Father, some of us need to give our hearts to Jesus in a deeper way and follow him a little deeper. And I thank you that you're the one that deals with our hearts. And Lord, we want to be like those martyrs. We know what they did. It was a heart issue. And they said, I surrender and I want to follow you with all I have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dealing with all our hearts. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, I want to take a moment, give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. He's incredible. You know, he said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save him. I, I talked about him the whole message, so I don't have to say a whole lot here. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you, um, you know, to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church or it doesn't matter if you're living in deep sin, you're good. None of that matters. Here's what matters. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal with Jesus and you accepted him as your Savior? If you're here and say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just say this after me. Everyone else in the room, would you help them out even if you prayed the prayer? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe I accept you as Savior. And I thank you for saving my soul. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.